Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media, and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels: the Hand Network, Check It Round Table, and also the Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website. That's onacar.com. That's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R.com. You can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses r o s e s out of the snow o u t o f s n o w at gmail dot com, and you can support us also on Venmo. The the connection for that is at on a car, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O N N A C A R R. The last four to verify are one one four three. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing the Taiwanese BL drama series Plus and Minus Episode One. For those of you who are unfamiliar with our podcast, we did do episode reviews of this when it was first released last year. But I decided a rewatch was in order. I just recently left Taiwan after being there for five months, from December to May of this year, and I was I was homesick for Taiwan. So I was going, I'm going to watch this series, and it will make me feel less homesick, as well as getting some Taiwanese tea along the way. But you know, it's all in good order. So this episode opens with Fu Li Gong, basically recounting his memories of his childhood with Xing Zhao. Xing Zhao is very precocious, and. Kind of a, I would say, a man of action. That is, that is not necessarily a good thing. That is not necessarily a bad thing. He just is always doing something. Whereas Shuli Gong is very thoughtfully thinking through like his every moment and every move. So the the series opens with Shuli Gong going through these childhood memories of him and. Zing Zhao getting in trouble at school because they were watching baseball on a TV, playing baseball, having an 18th birthday party, and then it cuts to modern day, and you find out that Fu Li Gong and Zing Zhao are roommates. I'm still not quite sure if that translation is correct because at one point it looks like they share an apartment, at another point it looks like maybe they don't share an apartment. I'm I'm a little confused to be honest, so I don't know how that really works out. But anyway, Fu Li Gong has brought Xing Zhao his breakfast. He is dressed, ready for work. He is a lawyer. He's 27 years old almost. His birthday is just around the corner, and. Zing Zhao is still in his pajamas, drinks Fu Li Gong's coffee because he's too lazy to pour his own. So Fu Li Gong has to get him his his coffee flipped mugs. He's always doing that in the series. It's kind of funny. It's blue mug, gray mug. Oh, is this like、um, what is it? The Matrix? I don't know. I never saw that one. It's on my list, and I actually brought the DVD with me when I left the states, but I haven't watched it yet. So anyway, so Fu Li Gong is kind of cranky this morning, which. 
Cranky for Fruity Gong is really not cranky like most people. He's just kind of hacked that Zing Zhao keeps pestering him about his birthday, so he puts him in an arm lock a couple of times. Once because he's bothering his sister, or Zing Zhao's bothering his own sister. And so, anyway, at the end of the day, though, um, they're walking to work, and Zing Zhao is like, why are you grumpy? Is it because I drank the red wine you put aside? <laughs> and Fruity Gong's like, I wasn't mad about that, but now I kind of am a little ticked. I said, is it, is it because I watched the series on your your account instead of mine? We both pay for it. I just didn't see the point of changing accounts. Or is it because you bought me breakfast this time and I haven't paid you back yet? Or maybe because we have quite a big tab of my alcohol bills, which you've paid. I'm sorry. Why are you grumpy? And he's like, I'm grumpy because I was thinking of, I woke up after dreaming about my 18th birthday party. He's like, the rooftop? Why would you be grumpy about that? So anyway, they meet Zing Zhao's sister on the way to work. She's going to university. Um, she brings both Fuli Gong, Fuli Gong's dad, and Zing Zhao breakfast. Now, Fuli Gong and Zing Zhao have been friends since literally they were like four years old, maybe even before then. And they share almost the same birthday. Like one was born on one day, the other was born on the next day. Zing Zhao, you find out later, you don't find out now, but one of the reasons that he even met Fuli Gong apparently was his mother basically abandoned um, Zing Zhao, Zing Zhao's dad, and Zing Zhao's sister. So he has a lot of pent up emotional unrest about that whole issue, which is completely understandable as the story progresses, but very, very hard for him. So that is one of the reasons why I think Fuli Gong and Zing Zhao became such close friends at such a young age was because of the emotional trauma that they went through. Now, I do have to say, Zing Zhao's dad, he really tries hard to be a good dad. Now, there are some parts where he's, I don't know a nice word for it. He kind of fails utterly at the end because of his homophobic behavior, but he does pull a rabbit out of a hat, do a 360, and do the right thing regarding his son. It just takes him a while and causes a great deal of trouble. I'm just saying the last ep- the second to the last episode, not one of the high points. But for the overall up until this point, Zing Zhao's dad is very, very likable, has done his best to raise his daughter and his son. Now, today in this episode, there is a scene where once a year, Zing Zhao's dad is set up a blind date for his son so that he might meet a marriageable young woman because, my goodness, he's almost 27. <laughs> so anyway, he set up this blind date for Zin Zhao. Zin Zhao is not interested in the blind date. He's like, you know, we are divorce lawyers. I have seen enough of this in the last few years to know I do not want to rush into marriage with anyone because it can get quite quite hairy and quite messy and no. Because both Zing Zhao and Fuli Gong work for Fuli Gong's dad, who apparently Fuli Gong's mom is not part of the picture. I'm not sure if she's passed away or just kind of missing in action like Zing Zhao's mom. I don't think, I'm guessing it's probably death with Fuli Gong's mom's case, not um, divorce or separation. Fuli Gong's dad is also 
an amazing character throughout the entire show. He's one of my favorites. He's he's just an absolute sweetheart. I wouldn't probably say that to that kind of character in real life, but he really is. He just is a very, very likable character. So anyway, that's kind of the family dynamics of these two main characters. And they're getting ready for their blind dates. The blind dates <laughs> go, well... Horribly wrong. Now, I would like to say this is not true to life, but I don't mean it weird. I've had, a, I haven't had a lot of dates in my life, but I do have to say the dates that I have had have been kind of like a little more unpleasant than the ones that are depicted in this film. And I'm like, you know, that's one of the reasons I am still single and I'm okay with that. But basically on the one date, um, Zing Zhao's date is convinced that he's a lawyer, so he must deal with like murder mysteries. Are there any gruesome stories she can tell her? And he's like, I, I just want this to be over. And Fu Li Gong also, his dad decided to have him go to a blind date at the same time as Zing Zhao just get it out of the way for the year. The boys are both about 27. They should find somebody, you know, have a family, etc. So anyway, um, Zing Zhao just comes up with this really kind of poorly acted um, idea that he is going to total the blind dates in such a way that the women will not bother them again. Now, I will say that was not the right way to go about it, although I do totally understand neither of the main characters wanting to be with the women that are depicted in the blind dates because the women that were in these blind dates, I really, they're... They're very clingy and kind of like super self-absorbed with like their hobbies without really asking about the other party's hobbies. I'm just saying it, it's just kind of weird or making suppositions about these two guys who they have never even met before. I'm like, it's it's very um, kind of kind of a little abrupt. So anyway, I do understand them not wanting to go on these blind dates and even like saying, I don't want to be around this woman. Best of luck with your dating journey. But I don't think they should have done it in the way that Sing Zhao has them, which is having Fu Gong tell the one lady that she's read his paperwork, but he really is quite a immoral and depravitous individual. And I'm sitting there on the couch just laughing because I'm like, Fuli Gong is like one of the most nicest, morally centered person in in film. And um, the fact that he's sitting there pretending to be an immoral prig is just kind of bloody hilarious. So the woman gets up in a huff and walks out. Um, Zing Zhao, on the other hand, tells a woman that he doesn't leave the house except for his lawyer work and likes playing jigsaw puzzles. And how does she feel about having four kids, two boys, two girls, and just staying at home and not doing anything other than taking care of the kids? Well, needless to say, she gets up with her pack and, and walks out too. <laughs> and lastly... Um, Zing Zhao has another blind date with a woman and Fu Gong comes up and acts like the um, thwarted lover and throws water on Zing Zhao with great drama and flair. And that's kind of where this whole episode ends. We also have a side note of there is a man who has a daughter. Her name is Ling Ling and he runs a laundromat next to a... Uh, above a bar that's in the basement that Fuligong and 
Xing Zhao go to sometimes because Xing Zhao likes to drink and Fru Li Gong just happens to go with him sometimes, not because he really likes to drink that much. But we do have a little bit of uh, comments between the laundromat owner, who I'm sorry, I don't remember his name at this point in time. And he is introduced to us in this first episode because he takes his daughter to school and she lets his daughter know that her mom is going to pick her up and um, he's going to take her out for her favorite dessert when he sees her next time. Also, Fruly Gong goes to the laundromat to pick up clothes because he had him there for two months um, for him and then the laundromat owner just gave him um, Zing Zhao's too since they live close together. And um, they have a bit of a convo because um, Fruly Gong got Ling Ling a treat. I love how in Taiwan they have these cute little treat bags that you buy like a piece of cake. They put it in a really cute little box and then you you can take it everywhere. I'm like, oh, that was that was nice. Now, I will say I wasn't particularly fond of the cakes that I had in Taiwan. It could just be because I had cakes at a certain uh, confectionery shop and I only had one and it was very, very dry. So not quite my thing, but the idea of the cute little cake in the back is, is very nice. So Fuli Gong likes to get treats for Ling Ling on occasion. You also meet, I think it's Yori or Yoki. I don't know. I'm, I'm so sorry. It starts with a Y. But anyway, this um, bartender who has um, hair to his shoulders and wears sunglasses at night as he comes into the basement bar. And um, Nikita, who is the bar owner, makes a bet with Fu Li Gong because Xing Zhao is off flirting in the corner with this mystery woman who he's bought shots for. And, he's, and Fu Li Gong's getting ready to pay. And, and Nikita says, you know what? I'll make a bet with you. Basically, if I win, you pay me. If you win... You don't pay me. She said, in five seconds, Xing Zhao is not going to have this woman enamored with him anymore. And in five seconds, Yuri comes down. I think Yuri, Yuli, I'm not sure. It starts with a Y. Comes down in his glasses with his hair to his shoulders. And the women are all mad about him taking pictures with him. So anyway, he's kind of like the bartender star. I'm not really quite sure why this is, to be honest. I mean, I do like parts of this character who's the bartender. I think he's he has some very good attributes that you get to appreciate later on. Nothing to do with his looks. I mean, he doesn't look bad, but that's not why I think he is a likable character. But um, mainly because the, as he kind of, as the story progresses and he develops and becomes more of who he is supposed to be, he becomes a pretty cool person. So, I mean... That's coming up here. Overall, I would give this episode probably a 7 out of 10. The reason being is I this is one of my favorite Taiwanese dramas of all time. I would say that my favorite is still We Best Love, but I really like Plus and Minus, mainly because it's about two people who have known each other their whole lives but are having to navigate their relationship in a different way than they have before and it's kind of interesting to watch also i don't know if it's true or not because i don't know like people say all sorts of things on the internet but i have read from a couple of sources 
that the two main characters are actually, after this production, became a couple because they really liked each other as people. So I, I don't know if that's true or not. It was supposedly on the character of Fruli Gong's Instagram, which I cannot read um, Chinese well yet. I'm working on it, but it's slow go for me. So you can check out his Instagram if you read Chinese, you can verify that. But anyway, so I think they are still together apparently as a couple. It's been over a year now. So I think they're really the only couple I know like that, except I think the main couple from Cutie Pie are actually a couple in real life as well. I don't really stay up to date on who's with who, but I ran across that a couple months ago. But anyway, so those are two couples in real life that are still together from their productions. I would give this a 7 out of 10. The reason being is that even though this is one of my favorite series, I do not really like the hokiness of the blind date acting. I find that kind of a little annoying where I don't mean it, or maybe it's just because of my personality, but if something goes dreadfully wrong, I will probably be very polite in the day early and just tell the person I wish them all the best. I've done that a few times. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, you know, sometimes that seems the best way to handle it, but I would never like pretend to be something that I'm not because I don't see the point in, in lying to people or um, misrepresenting yourself. I mean, you know, but anyway, so, but I do really like the series. I would definitely recommend if you have not watched it, you can go to Vicky Rakaton. It's available, um, for the premium membership, which is only like 10 bucks. I will say this series is rated PG 13. I, I get on like the the second to the last episode, why it might be rated like PG, but I do not think it needs the PG-13 rating. And you could definitely watch this with children up until like the second to last episode where you might want to skip just a little bit. Some people wouldn't even bother with that. I would just because I don't like when people are extremely romantic. It has nothing to do with their orientation, just not really my thing. But um, so... But you make your own judgment call there, but it is definitely perfectly appropriate for the kiddies up until like the second to the last episode. And the last episode is perfectly fine too. Actually, the last episode is bloody hilarious at the end, but maybe it's just my sense of humor. But anyway, so I would write this series overall an absolute 10 plus. But this first episode, if you kind of are at the end of it going, this is a little kind of silly at the end, I would definitely recommend you give it another chance and continue watching because I think you will be pleasantly surprised with how it develops. The thing about Taiwanese dramas that I really like as opposed to like Chinese dramas, for example, are Korean dramas. And I don't watch a lot of Korean dramas, but, and also American dramas. There is kind of a... It's not that the characters are innocent at all because they are fully adults, fully capable and intelligent human beings. But there is a, I don't mean it weird, but kind of a very sweet niceness to the characters in Taiwanese dramas. It's like you rarely hit a Taiwanese drama with a terribly evil character in it at least of the ones i have seen now you might have some that like they might have a bad day but at heart most of the characters are very very good people trying their best to live their lives in a way that they can be proud of and 
make everyone around them have a better life. I really like this kind of trait in the Taiwanese dramas. Now, I will say, like, when I was in Taiwan, the thing that really amazed me about Taiwan was I really kind of went there with a bit of a I'm not a cynic at all, but I tend to be a person that expects the worst and hopes for the best when it comes to things. But the thing that I was really blown away from by when I was in Taiwan was people truly do behave and act the way that you see them behave and act in each other. Not not the silly part. The silly part, I didn't see one person acting like they were acting in the blind date fiasco at the end of this one. That is not the case. But the genuine kindness of people in Taiwan, it really blew me away. It's like I was telling my friends once, I was like, you know, I've never really fallen head over heels for anyone or anything, but Taiwan was the one wild card I really didn't expect to find my entire life. Now, I'm not saying that I will go back to live there because honestly, it kind of depends on how things go with mainland China and the whole combat drones that they were sending over and the blockade that may or may not happen. I'm like, you know, that that would make it so I couldn't even go visit. <laughs> but the main thing about Taiwan is it truly is kind of its own it's like you're on your it's like you're on its own separate wavelength and planet. Now I know that if I had been born in Taiwan my whole life, I would see the negatives. I would see that there's it's overcrowded, that there's a lot of motorcycles and they're parked everywhere, that working in an office is long hours with little pay and it's it's like a never-ending cycle. I totally get that I would see that if I had lived there my whole life. But since I had not lived there my whole life and I did not work in one of those offices and I didn't drive a motorcycle that I had to park, you know, I didn't see those negatives and truly I didn't meet one angry Taiwanese person until like two days before I left. I was like, it really was quite shocking. I'm like, in America, you meet angry people all the time. I don't know if it's because culturally there's a lot of people that adhere to Buddhism as a faith, and maybe that is what kind of gives them their lens of how they treat others and how they live their lives. But I do have to say it really was an interesting experiment in seeing how people live in a way that is very different than what you see in the States. And truly, it's like the people that you see in this series, plus and minus, the people that you see in I Do Beloved in House or in We Best Love, those kind of people are the kind of people that you meet on the street every day when you are in Taiwan. I mean, it really is quite shocking how very, very nice people are. And it's not because you're a foreigner, because they, they treat them people who are Taiwanese treat each other this way. So I think it's a very, very likable quality that you see in these Taiwanese dramas and that you also um, see in real life. Because I really assumed that that was just the dramas, that people were not really that nice. But I'm like, I remember the first week I got lost in Taipei and I literally had four people come up to me within three minutes, two of which could not speak any English, but had their translators out going, how can we help you get where you're going? And I'm like, 
I'm okay. I'm within the block. I am sure it is nearby. <laughs> but I mean, that is just the way people are in Taiwan. It's like when I left Taiwan the first time, uh, which was back in like March, I went off on a trip to Vietnam for a while. That was a big, big mistake, but that's for another podcast, which I did a while back. If you want to check it out, you can. It's back in March or maybe early April. But anyway, it was a, a really bad experience. But when I left Taiwan for the first time, I when I came back, I literally had a woman who I couldn't figure out where the train station was from the airport to get to the MRT that connected to the main line because I'd only done it once. She's like, Miss, you just follow me. She literally took me to the MRT. She helped me break my larger bill so that I could load my card, which was on a Chinese vending machine. So she helped me figure out the Chinese because she can read it. I could not. And she got me on the right trade. And then she went off and got on her trade. I was like, this would not happen in most of the world that I have been in. So that is just the way people are in Taiwan. And I think that's really exemplified when you watch these Taiwanese BL drama series, because the people are so very likable and also relatable in ways that you really don't see with some other dramas, I think. That is my review of Plus and Minus Episode 1. Check it at the round table. Bye!